0: I'm Alexandra and I'm Anna, and we are the Russian sisters. Hello everyone and welcome back or welcome for the first time to any new listeners. Hello. Hello. We're very excited to have you join with us. Join us. Join us. Join with us for another fun, fabulous episode. I know you guys can't wait. Yeah. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me. I'm so glad that you were able to join me, Alexandra, to your own podcast. Thank you. I cleared my schedule. I feel very honored.
1: Uh, Yeah. Thank you. It's It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here. That's what I say all the time. It's an honor.
0: I mean, it really is an honor. It is an honor. Yeah. I mean, this is an honor to be able to do this. And you've been continuing to do it. So I just want to commend you. Oh, okay. How you doing? I'm doing okay. As Alexandra and I were prepping for this, I like, dropped a bit of information. I'm like, "Ma, I'll share it with when we get on to the podcast. So don't you worry about that because we like to share our news with each other and update. We haven't spoken in a while um, to catch up. And so here we are catching up with you listeners as well as with each other. So it's fun times all around, wouldn't you say? Yes.
1: So the first update I have to share with you is regarding my dental hygiene. I think that's fantastic. I think all of our listeners have been contemplating and wondering what is going on with your dental hygiene and have been waiting for this episode to drop so they could hear what exactly is going on. I know exactly what you mean by that. I'm sure they've been waiting on pins
0: and needles because it wouldn't surprise me if some people were aghast when they heard my update from last time about my flossing and brushing and that I'm not the most amazing flosser and brusher. Correct. Well, I have to tell you that since then, we. We, me, I, me, myself, and I, that's the we. There are a few times that I have brushed both morning and evening.
1: Oh, fantastic. Good for you. Mm-hmm.
0: And not just because I had something stuck in my teeth. I, I, we talked about garlic last time. And sometimes when you eat something during the day, you're like, I cannot go to bed with myself smelling like that.
1: I think, I think it's interesting to me that it's garlic or onion, that the really potent stuff are the motivators for you. Like for me, it's the fuzz. Oh, yeah, that too. Totally that
0: too. Fuzzy teeth and smelly breath. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, I got to do it. And so I've been brushing a couple more times in the evening with the special toothpaste. Okay. I know. I knew you'd want to know.
1: Yeah. How, how do your teeth feel? Not fuzzy. Are they elated?
0: They are elated. Okay. They're joyful and triumphant. And they are.
1: My teeth. We all know I'm a tooth person. You, well... Yeah, except you're the one who did not go on a date with someone who was missing teeth, but that's okay. You know, I didn't think I was a, a tooth person, a teeth person, a tooth person, and, until that experience. More, just don't lie to me. That's uh, the big one. Yeah, yeah. More, just you know, be honest about what, what you got. Whatever going on. it is, and then let me decide. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent
0: agree. Um, so the other update that I have is, um, I had experienced a medical issue this week. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. And so. Um,
1: I love that she waits to tell me something serious <laughs> like this on podcast. I have no control over this at all. Well, I suppose I could. We stop could stop recording. recording. But... No, but that's okay. We're going to go with this. And um, yeah, she's going to now tell me about her hospital visit. Yes.
0: Seriously? <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys. Yes. Yes, I am. Except it wasn't like, it was an ER. Okay. All it right. was urgent care. But you know how we like to talk about our medical experiences and whether or not it's a good one and what our run-ins with the medical system have been and how other people, we have to rely on other people to tell us what's best for us and all that jazz, right? Well, in this case, I actually did need to rely on the medical professionals because while I was Googling and trying to diagnose myself- Never,
1: ever, Dr. Google, don't use Dr. Google, don't use WebMD. I just had a talk with someone today about that.
0: I do WebMD, but also the Mayo Clinic has a lot of really useful information and I trust them as a source. You know,
1: I agree that there is some very valuable information that you can find. However, self-diagnosing is not necessarily the direction I go. But do tell. I mean, yeah. What happened? Are you okay?
0: I, I We'll see. Oh, boy. I, we don't know yet. Okay. Right. So what happened was, <laughs> what happened was I met up with my sister and some friends for book club and everything had been fine and dandy up until then. And then I left here from book club and I went home And I was like, get myself ready for bed. And all of a sudden didn't feel well at all. And I was like, oof, this is a new pain, one that I've experienced recently, but it went away pretty quickly. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. And you guys, it has to do with tummy stuff, okay? So I know, I know when you start experiencing tummy stuff, and I've watched enough TV and enough TV doctor shows to know Mm. that oftentimes when people are experiencing tummy things, it's gas. Right. And so I wasn't about to get myself like I was like, well, wait and see how this goes even the next day. So I didn't sleep at all that night after book club. And then I had a pretty awful day at work. I went to work anyway, but I had a pretty awful day. And I was like, okay, if it doesn't get better, I'm going to go to urgent care. But I also heeded the advice of Dr. Dad. And I was like, I'm just running out to the pharmacy. It's the middle of the work day and I'm running out to the pharmacy because I don't want to go to urgent care for them to tell me it's gas because that's just stupid. So I consulted Dr. Dad, went to the pharmacy, picked up some Tums and some Tylenol because he's like, Tylenol won't hurt your tummy. And I'm like, cool. So that's the pain reliever. And then I was like sipping on ginger ale for two days, went home, had another sleepless night and then stayed home from work the other day. And um, I was like, okay, the pain is now worse than anything and constant. So before it was coming and going in waves, but now it's pretty constant. And I'm like, I don't think it's just gas people. I, yes, I'm over 40 and I carry
1: my Tums with me, can but I was I, like, can I ask? Cause I know after other medical issues that you've had, you don't think it was related to any of the scar tissue or anything? No, because the pain was in the
0: upper abdomen. Uh, okay. Pretty decent level pain in the upper abdomen, which is why they say usually it's indigestion or gas. So I was like, well, after how many ever days it's not going away? Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering if it is indeed that. Didn't have a fever, had some other symptoms, but I was like, hmm, I'll call which is one of the benefits I like about the insurance that I do have is that I can call for a consult and I talked with an RN and I gave her all my symptoms and told her the whole history about the Tums and the Tylenol and the ginger ale and how it's not working. It's not helping it go away. Um, it's not, it's like the Tylenol was a band aid for a little while and then the pain would come back. So you know how I just love those simple band-aids. I'm like, no, I need to know what's at the root of this thing so we can get to the root of the cause. So then the nurse is like, well, I would see if your primary care physician has an appointment soon or go to urgent care. She's like, please hold while I see if there's an appointment available with your oh, PCP. Nice. Yeah. Yes, which I thought was lovely. So she comes back. She's like, your PCP doesn't have anything. And mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. And I said, I will take myself to urgent care. So I checked in and then it was about 40 minutes before I got triaged, right? Mm-hmm. Where they take your... Vitals, blood pressure, the vitals. Yep. And my pulse and all that jazz. So I was sitting there in a quite a bit of discomfort. And I'm like, man, there aren't that many of us in the waiting room, but the triage nurse. Okay. Don't tell her that I'm telling you this, but she left to go to the restroom at some point, And she was there for a very long time in the restroom I was like, hot dog, may I not be the first person to go see her when she comes out of there? And I wasn't. I was like the third person in line to go see
1: her after she had had her moments in the bathroom. I mean, everybody has their moments. Yeah. but you could see, like, in my in my opinion, I'm like, there's always that bathroom in a workplace, mm-hmm. but hopefully that that bathroom that's chosen is not the one that people can see you go to. Right.
0: Well, that's so funny you said that because I was just having a conversation with a colleague about how that bathroom, the poop bathroom, the one that I supplied poopery for, is right near my office. Once again, and I have a window going out to the hallway so I can see people passing by. I'm not logging your behavior, people. I just, it's just hard not to notice. Okay. Which is why I bought the poopery. Well,
1: especially if the same same people are going to, oh yeah, at the same time.
0: Again. Oh yeah. <laughs> so this woman, right? Or the triage nurse had a morning constitution. Good for her. She came back. I finally got triaged, but then I had to wait like another 45 minutes or so. So I was there for a good hour and a half, which was okay. This dad and son team left this one couchy like area. So then I went and I just laid down and curled up because um, my tummy was hurting And I was super duper nauseous and the triage nurse could not give me anything for my nausea because she needed to wait for me to see the doctor. Of course, that all makes sense. But then I was like, well, I can't, I don't want to take Tylenol either because I want the pain to be its worst when I actually go see someone so I can tell them what's going on. So... Then I finally go back to the room and a nurse, a lovely nurse comes in and asks me what's going on. And then I tell her, it's just like, okay, we're going to hook you up to an IV. So I got hooked up to an IV. So it was like big, it was big because I haven't had to do that in a really long time. She took labs. And since I'm watching ER, I'm like, is that a Chem 7 and a CBC and a whatever? I didn't ask her that. I didn't, I didn't. But in my head, (laughs) it was running through my head. Like, is this a CBC Chem 7? CBC, complete. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) CBC, Not, not the Centers for Disease Control. I was like nerding out on that as I'm watching her. Like That's hilarious. And she, my veins were being difficult, but I told her like, I haven't really had anything to drink because my stomach hurts. And anytime I do, I get really nauseous. So fast forward, y'all. Um, the doctor comes in and I had an ultrasound and all sorts of things. And the doctor comes in and he's like, well, it could be three things. It could be gastritis, gas. could mm-hmm. be gastroenteritis, stomach <laughs> lining, or it could be gallbladder. And I'm like, cool. And I'm sharing all my stuff with you people out there just because there's a lesson to all of this. Okay. So the nurse that I had originally, I could hear that she went on lunch. So the nurse that I ended with who discharged me four hours later. Mm-hmm. Did you get to watch ER while you were in the hospital? No, I could have. I couldn't even look at my phone. Like I, I didn't even want to play games. I was in that much discomfort. So then um, doctor comes back in and he's like, well, it's one of these three things. And he's like, basically until your follow-up appointment on Monday. Um, you're going to be, well, basically a vegetarian is what he said. And I'm like, okay, well, this is not new for me because I'm already not eating meat right now. And I can stay off the dairy if I really need to. Mm-hmm. And my discharge papers say like I can eat vegetables and fruits and grains, which
1: isn't terrible. That's kind of interesting because some some vegetables can irritate the gut yeah. more. but Yeah, broccoli. But, um, but I'm not sure when it comes to gallbladder, there'd be more other things, but okay. Or just broth. I mean, you could probably do some veggie broth or.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've been like pretty much on a, a liquid, whatever, lately anyway. You could do shakes. I mean, the protein powder we use is vegan. I can't do shakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's all vegan. So it should be okay. And I'm using non-dairy stuff. So that should be okay. Yeah. Just no like
1: nuts or anything harsh. Yeah. Like that. I
0: can't have nuts. Yeah, So I've been telling people like, oh, I can eat like a squirrel, but I can't because I can't have nuts. And when I go back on Monday, I have to do this like a food test because I'm not allowed to have avocado right now because of the oils. So before I go to the doctor on Monday, I like three hours beforehand, I have to eat an avocado and see if I'm like double down in pain or not. I'm like, oh, this sounds like fun. This is
1: really interesting. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So no pistachios. I have a bag on my desk, not eating those. No, no other nuts because of the oils and then no avocado except for to do a test to see if I... Like keel over out of the pain.
1: Are you having someone drive you? Oh no, no, because it's just like a consult, and but it's if actually you're in pain from avocado. Oh. Wouldn't you need? Maybe
0: I'll have someone on standby okay. just in okay. case. And then that test is going to tell me whether or not I need surgery because I already have an indicator that says I should have surgery to remove the issue anyway. But we're going to see just how bad it is.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry you had to go through that. It's been nuts. You not literally, because I can't eat them. You can't eat them. Mm-mm. But yeah, that's a lot to go. That's a lot to go through. I mean, and and potentially with a pending surgery, how how are you feeling with that? I'm okay. I was looking because
0: I went to Dr. Google and um looking up like what is the surgery recovery time like. It seems like it'll be really fast, so it might be like you know, go in on one day, come out that same day kind of thing. It could be. yeah. Um, but one site said you might be in hospital for two days or three days, but I'm not sure anymore if that would really be the case. And then it's like a four to six weeks yeah. recovery time, which if this all works out in my favor, if I do have to have surgery, I'd rather know sooner than later. And then I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be really great? Because spring break is coming up and I'll be off of work anyway. And I'm like, oh, surgery during spring break. So I don't have to take any time. And then I'm still and far enough out that it won't impact my trip to the South
1: Pacific. It's good timing. <sighs> that's me. What about you? Well, I don't even know how to how to follow that. I'm I'm like, "Oh, okay, just wrapping my head around it. It's quite the quite the saga you have going on and hopefully they can figure out what's going on cuz I think that's what's so frustrating sometimes with anything medical when you can't get an answer for what you have going on. And then often it's like, well, let's treat this symptom. Let's treat this symptom. And you're like, well, I'm pretty sure it's a bigger, bigger picture, but at least it sounds like that they have, have been able to clue into an actual diagnosis.
0: Yes. And I will say like they prescribed some medication for me. So I got to pick that up from the pharmacy, but they don't give like the normal name. They give the very scientific eight syllable name, of the thing. Then I had to Google, like I already wasn't in a mood to read. And then today was really fun. Like trying to remember, okay, this pill I take first thing in the morning. And then this pill I take every six hours. And then this thing I take also every six hours. It's just got very complicated.
1: You have multiple meds now until your follow-up. Yes. Because the doctor was like,
0: it could be one of these three things. So we're just going to give you meds for all three things. Can you believe that?
1: That's yeah. Okay. All right. Well, to be continued. Yes, yeah, stay tuned. Let our following know what happens. Yes, yeah. um, I I have an update for you. Oh, another another one. Okay, keep going. Your pothole is fixed. My pothole is fixed. There's no cone. They actually put another. Okay, so after after book club took out the cone and then y'all put it back, then and I think you guys just put it back, but someone went and actually smashed the cone into the pothole, and then they put out another cone. And then someone annihilated that cone and I had to take a picture of that because I'm going smart HOA, smart, come on, management company. We can do better than that. Um, and then, yeah, it's fixed. Ex- I just think that we're going to continue to have problems in that. Area. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's, did, they didn't do a very good job fixing it. <laughs> um, I think with yeah. a little bit of weather, right, like as it settles, the asphalt settles. Yes, because it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's like a divot in the road. They didn't even do the asphalt. They, I don't think they, you know, gave enough asphalt to let it settle. Or maybe they're planning on letting it settle and come back. But I mean, it definitely looks like it's just now going to be a divot in the road, and it's in a very awkward, awkward place. By the yeah, stop because line. your tire is going to hit it every time, unless you like drive wide. Uh, I, try, I try, I try not to go that way there's only two ways in and out of my neighborhood, but
0: anyway, I know I always enter your neighborhood one way and exit that way.
1: So I used to be that way except for the crazy Colorado weather we have and the amount of ice and snow. And it's just been horrible on my vehicle. So what they'll do is so I live by a frontage road and I'm in the unincorporated part of my County and I am literally across the street from where all the plows come to get their sand, but they will not come into my neighborhood And they actually did in one of the last storms, someone did. So I don't know if how that happened or if someone was just a a good Samaritan and came through, but what they'll do is they'll plow the frontage road so that the trucks, for whatever reason, they come down this road and then turn around and go back out, even though they have a better access out into the community. Weirdos. Yeah, they do. I mean, all the trucks come down here, so I'm not, I'm not sure if they're testing stuff or what they have to do. So they'll plow that road. And that's the one I'll use instead of going actually through my neighborhood. Mm, mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I got tired of all the bumpy, bumpiness and, and Buddy would be like, why is it so bumpy? And I'm like, yeah. Because we're off-roading. My my car's not meant for off-roading and we're just trying to get home. (laughs) Right. But yes, the pothole is fixed for now. Yeah. I rejoiced when I saw that. I was like,
0: huzzah. (laughs) I did.
1: (laughs) So... I have known people who have been in similar situations to me being widows and single mamas and their children were young or around Buddy's age when they, when they became a widow or the child lost their parent. And one of, one of the women that I know when her daughter was around Buddy's current age, she's three and a half. Her daughter started to say certain things or exhibit some emotional expressions that the mom thought, okay, this isn't necessarily typical, or is this related to the dad's death or what is going on? And because I'm a believer that that even even though Buddy was young and he's not necessarily going to have memories, we have pictures up of his dad, but he's not necessarily going to have memories, but that he took on a lot of the energy of the situation and and especially my energy and what what was happening. So he started showing some, some different behavior, I'd say, which some of it is going to be typical for his age, but then some of it, I, I was a little bit more concerned. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, and I think I've maybe talked about this a little bit, maybe when we first started this podcast, but one of the things that I've, that's been constantly on my mind is nurture versus nature. And I've, I've tried to read different things about it. And right. I don't, I don't really feel like there's much of a consensus, but it's almost I, I wonder like how far can nurture impact or undo some things with nature, <laughs> mm. whether it's genetic physical disease or mental health issues on my side of the family. There are mental health issues on Sean's side of the family. So, of course, when you have a kid, you know that there's going to be an element of nature that impacts the child, But yeah, there's also research that talks about how you can alter DNA or you can change um, the way that someone's, like the impact of the genetic stuff. Dr. Joe Dispenza is one who talks about how you can, you don't necessarily, once we buy into there being a genetic predisposition, it's almost like now we believe that it can happen and then it's most likely that we're going to experience it versus if we don't necessarily buy into what it is or say it could, it couldn't, but not necessarily live by that. It's kind of the same thing with the medical stuff we were talking about. Like when I had a functional doctor who was like, you are always going to feel this way. You are always going to need this amount of supplements. You're always going to have this infection. And I bought into that for three years and then went, nope, I can't like, this isn't, I'm not going to buy into this anymore. There's got to be a different way to heal. I don't know. I'm like all over the place, you guys. So if you know anything with nurture nature, I don't know. Reach out because I mean, I work with kids and and most of the time what I will say is if kids are acting out, it's usually a form of communication. It's not necessarily malicious. It's not necessarily that they're intending to be, quote, bad or to get in trouble. It's usually some form of communication. However, then I know that there are cases of kids where they're like six years old holding a knife over their parents in their bedroom or like, you know, parents have to put bells on their doors to see if their kid is moving. So, I don't know. I mean, you work with kids and we've talked about too, where you see Anna and I both have had experiences with children where you look at them and you get that flicker, like it's a split second flicker and you go, holy shit, you would kill me if you could. Like I have, and I have worked with young children, like a, I, the one that pops up in my head was pretty young and I, I went, oh my goodness, That like I've heard about this happening. I've never seen it.
0: I don't know. The one I remember, the one that sticks out for me most is when I was working at the kid's home and this little dude, he was a tiny little thing. He was 11. And that is the first time that I ever spoke to anyone felt or thought and saw pure evil. And it's not, it hasn't really happened since, but I was like, hot damn. Like that, it was some scary stuff.
1: But then is there environment? So here's part of my question. Are there environmental factors? So Let's say there is a genetic predisposition or there's a genetic line of something for that child. But is it possible that there are environmental factors that almost trigger that response for that kid so that by the time that they're getting to 11 or like the six-year-old I heard about was a story on NPR and these parents were terrified because the kid would go after his younger siblings on purpose. But I'm like, is there is there an environmental factor that that does that or is it... I don't, I just don't know.
0: Truly, honestly, I don't know if anyone really knows because I think about, you know, this 11 year old, there's something that happens hormonally when you hit that puberty and then your body changes and things are changing. And so I I know that that has an impact. Hormones have a huge impact on anybody and everybody. But I often think about that with, you know, in my next lifetime, if I'm ever going to go and actually, um do brain research and study this kind of stuff, which fascinates me. The thing I always bring up is you could have twins, identical twins growing up in the same environment, same factors, same exposure, same, all same. And they're two totally different people have completely different coping skills. One could go one way and the other could go mm-hmm. complete opposite. And it just fascinates me. So
1: I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that was my undergrad research is is looking at pattern, like life patterns to almost predict behavior. And you can't. And the, and the reason why I bring this up now, Buddy is not exhibiting any behaviors. He's not showing up at my bed with a knife. He's not doing anything like that. He is just expressing himself. And I actually had him have a session with a local Reiki master who I adore. And she did disclose that she found some pretty deep grief. And it's hard for me not to feel that I'm responsible for that grief, even though it could just be environmental from the situation that we're in and, and everything that has happened. Um, but there, I think that's a constant thing for me is how almost like, how can I outrun the nature and how can I shift nurture to set him up for better success so that some of these things that are familiar, familial, whether my side or Sean's side, that we can almost overcome them and change those patterns and change ancestral patterns. And it's also hard because I don't I don't have as much access to some of the stuff on Sean's side. But for me right now, it's just meet buddy where he is. Like there's a an organization locally that helps children um, with grief. So I'm tapping into those resources and being able to get him support. When these shifts happen in his behavior sometimes or he says things, and I'm it just makes me stop for a second and kind of go, okay, like what do I need to reevaluate? What can I do? And then it's, you know, I'm not going to stop trying to support him or change, you know, the time when Anna and I were raised, it, like having emotional intelligence was not, was not something you did. Like, we just didn't talk about it in the, those no. terms. Yeah, no. I mean, you were, you were seen, not heard, you were, you know, whatever. And, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and get over it. It's not that big a deal kind of stuff. But mom, my toe is <laughs> hanging off in the ocean. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just go back in the water, wash right. it off. I mean, yeah. I mean, mine was always like, I don't feel all well. <laughs> Anna and our brother would be like, You're fine. Stop, fine. stop trying to get out of school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smarty pants. But I, we've all been there. No, but I, but I think now I, you know, not and I, I know that I've had individuals who've come to me, not necessarily come to me with concern or said, you know, it's almost like the pendulum has swung and now, now kids are over-emoting. I'm like, well, I don't want my kid to over-emote. I want him to just find that balance of like, I can feel it. I'm going to sink into this. I'm going to feel it. And then I'm, I'm moving on kind of thing.
0: I would say there are definitely risk factors that impact a human, right? So losing a loved one so early on or at any point can definitely put one at risk for X, Y, and Z behaviors. Do you mean like the ACE scores? Kind of like the ACEs or even, you know, adverse childhood experiences. And but I don't think it necessarily means that the writing is on the wall and that, you know, this kid or that kid or even us adults are doomed because of the things that we have experienced. I think the research shows that the more yuck you have to wade through at an earlier age the harder things can be for you unless there are supports put into place so then there are all these things called protective factors and preventative things so I think you just knowing and noticing is huge and then you're like I'm not just going to notice that something's going on with my kid I'm going to be proactive about the things to help him work through his stuff because we're all just going to have stuff it's what can we do what kinds of things can we put in place so that as we start to have to deal with the stuff we can get through, we've got the tools and the skills to, to work through.
1: Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. And I think it's just interesting. I heard this thing actually from one of my therapists once who was talking about that alcoholic traits can continue on for generations without the individuals who are behaving or experiencing those traits, without them actively drinking, and i thought that was fascinating really mhm yeah that's a point to ponder I, I know i thought that's like and 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 just seeing how behaviorally that can that can transpire i'm fascinated by that right cuz again it's it's like what patterns are there and then what do we buy into similarly in this whole conversation if i continue to stress about it then i'm just going to continue to bring on whatever fears or stuff around it versus just kind of calming my stuff down and taking it a day at a time and just meeting Buddy where he is. And like you said, just finding what resources or tools will will work.
0: Yeah. And then reminding yourself that you are amazing. You are doing the best you can. And he's a thriving kid. Um, you're it's, It doesn't at all appear to be like we're just in survival mode, even though sometimes it might feel like that. But he's thriving and he's doing really awesome and developmentally, he's doing all the things and he's bright and he's funny and he's wicked smart. Um, I already said that because he's bright, but yeah, he's just a a whole lot of fun to be around. And so that, that is a big reflection on you.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Awkward silence now. I know. I know. You guys know I don't do well with compliments. (laughs) Compliments. Did you want to add more to that? No, that was it. I mean, I've just, again, if anyone has gone through this or has any research that they found or, you know, just reach out. Let me know because I'm always curious about ways that people tackle this or have to overcome it because they're little, they're little beings and they're little, their little bodies hold on to this stuff. And then, you know, you, you want them to continue to be well-adjusted. So feel free to
0: text us or reach out to us at the Russian Sisters at gmail.com with any suggestions. We're open to them.
1: Yeah. Recently, what Buddy does is he wants to pack the truck. So Daddy and he are going to take a road trip to California. He
0: does like California. He really enjoyed
1: his trip there. Well, we have family there. (laughs) So. Yes. But
0: it could be old news by now. But I wanted to share that the first grizzly bear was spotted coming out of hibernation at Yellowstone.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, he was a
0: big male. Apparently, the males come out a little bit before the females do with their cubs, Mm.
1: but the first grizzly was spotted in Yellowstone. Okay. Yeah. I just think about my neighborhood and if we're going to start, usually the bears come actually in fall, but I'll be, I'll be interested to see if we get some, some springtime, springtime bears. That'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. They usually come in fall down here because they're like, we've eaten everything in the foothills already. So now we just need to come down to the neighbors.
1: Yeah. I haven't seen the fox for a little bit. I'm hoping, not really hoping, but I think. What, what does the fox oh say? Oh boy. JK. JK. That's what it <laughs> says. Oh boy. I actually, did I say this? I don't know if I said this on podcast the other day. I actually saw two doves cry, like cross the street in front of me. They, they watched, they didn't fly. They weren't flying. I thought it was the strangest thing. I meant to look that up and didn't, but I was like, there are two doves just walking across the street. Why does the dove cross the road? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Has this bear done anything like any anything other than it was just spotted? No, I, was, I think it was just spotted. That was like the, the oh, big okay. thing. okay. And I feel like you have uh, something else you wanted to share. Dove is a symbol of reconciliation,
0: forgiveness, and peace. Oh, all right. Well, mm-hmm. I had two of them, so. Well, do you have other stories to share before I get into this topic? No, let's go. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Alexander so kind to like give me the microphone today. I think I led the last one, so this is this is you. IDK. IDK, my BFF Jill, remember that commercial? <laughs> I'm not even drinking today, guys. See see the former discussion
1: about medical I issues. Was, I was saying something the other day about how working uh when I would work with fifth fifth, fifth graders. I'm not even drinking either. Fifth graders and they would want to they would want to type out their English assignments or language arts not called English anymore language arts assignments in text speak and I'd have to I know I'd have to say stop it no spell out your words please Please do not use abbreviations that are only for phones. Yeah. I had
0: to tell students that when I was like supervising the testing stuff at schools and I was providing training for the students or encouragement, it wasn't really training. It's not like, here's how you take the test. It was more like your, your big state test is coming up and here's some tips and strategies and we need you to eat well and sleep well. And also please don't use IDK for anything. Like that is not an answer If you, if you don't know, then spell out, I don't know with a capital I, I, preferably please, but please don't use the text speak on the test. And that was still when they were writing things out. So they possibly could on the computer too.
1: Even until recently with the last school contract I had, I, I don't understand, but there were so many children who do not know where a sentence starts and ends. I don't understand that. You know, forget like right, no one diagram sentences anymore. Parts of speech aren't taught anymore. Thank you, Mad Libs, for providing that support. But yeah, I was very surprised. Like how often I would I would say to a student, you know, where how do you start a sentence? How do you end a sentence? Mm-hmm. And capitalization yeah, you
0: know. and punctuation. It's a stressor. And now that they are typing everything out in like Google Docs or whatever, and you get like the red squigglies under under words or the blue squigglies if it's a grammar thing and like your computer will fix that for you. Why would you turn it in with reds and blues? Mm-hmm. It drives our EL, ELA teachers nuts.
1: Oh, they just click on it. They just click on it. And I'm like, but they don't, but who's teaching them what that means? Cause I would have, I would have students who just go through and click like fix, 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 fix. And I would say, do you even know why you need to fix it? Yeah, I no, I don't
0: know if they are learning that.
1: Oh, all the things that I have to teach yes. buddy. Yes, mm-hmm. start now, start now.
0: <laughs> Sentences start with a capital Ugh. letter. I work with someone who, for whatever reason, has a difficult time capitalizing things.
1: Do they dictate a lot of what they are saying? I know this was like ev-
0: mm-hmm. oh. I can't even say too much about it, okay. but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. like in for- formal
1: documentation. Well, that's why I'm asking if if it's being dictated because I feel feel that sometimes when when people are dictating, it doesn't pick up the grammar necessarily. I don't even know what's happening. All right, what, what was your other thing? Okay, well,
0: before we wrap up today, I wanted to provide some tips and strategies regarding money because for us in the US of A, it is tax season. And as I was pondering the fact that I have not done my taxes yet, all the papers or most of the papers, I think, yeah, most of the papers I need are in a pile. So I at least did that. They're all in one spot and I know where that is. I have yet to actually then go on the computer and file them. So I know I need to do that. But given that this is money season, I figured it might be cool to just talk a little bit about budgeting, give some budget tips, because I'm not really good at budgeting at all and keeping track of things I never have. It's it's my own personal relationship with money. But we wanted to share about budgets and taxes and things. Okay. So you ready? And then we'll link the, the articles in the show notes. So you can go and look at them in more detail if you would like to. Um, but one of the suggestions from this article talked about budgeting to zero before the month begins. And this means before the month even starts, you're making a plan and giving every dollar a name, right? It's going to go somewhere. It doesn't mean you have zero dollars in your bank account by the end of the month. It just means that your income minus all your expenses equals zero. So I was like, "Mm, most accountants probably do that really well. If you are with somebody married, do the budget together. Even if you have a partnership, whatever that looks like, you're living with someone, adults, humans, do your budget together because there you have shared expenses and all sorts of things, like whether it's... One person pays the mortgage, the other person pays the bills, however that pans out. It's really important to do your budget together. Remember that every month is different. Some months you'll have to budget for things like back to school supplies or routine car maintenance. Others you'll be saving for like vacations and birthdays. So just take the time to go through all those things. Start with the most important categories first. Giving and saving are at the top of the list. And then comes the four walls. Ooh, food, utilities, shelter, and transportation. That's so interesting because I start with housing and transportation. Like that that's how I, I budget. I'm like, oof, I need to make sure that my mortgage is paid and my car is paid even though I don't currently have a car payment, knock on wood, but those things are like at the top of my budget and then everything else I disseminate out. But this is interesting. It says, start with giving and saving and then the other things. Hmm. Pay off your debt is the next tip. Paying it off needs to be a top priority. And so there are some links to how you can get help doing that. Don't be afraid to trim the budget. Maybe you need to make some cuts in your budget to stay afloat. Maybe you um, decide that you don't need to eat out as much so that you can save for vacation. Or if you're like, I never have money for X, Y, and Z, where can you look at your budget and see what can you cut back on to make those things possible? Make a schedule and stick to it. That's the hard part. Making the schedule, coming up with a budget and examining is one thing, but then actually living it is another. Tracking your progress, similar. Create a buffer in your budget. So put a small amount of money aside for unexpected expenses throughout the month. Oh, I keep thinking like something's going to go with, or like this medical thing that came up. (laughs) I'm going to have to work on that. And then this does say, cut up your credit cards. I know some people put their credit cards in the freezer and try not to use them or like be very specific about what you're using your credit cards for.
1: Do you do that? No, because I pay mine monthly, like that's, but I I see that people have a lot of credit card debt, and and I think that's the point is when you're trying to pay down that debt, and if you're you're not, then yeah, like stop using them unless you can actually pay pay what you need. Yeah, it to. does take a certain yeah. amount of responsibility. Yeah, well, and also I think what happens you know, with with anything to do with money or budgeting, I think often, and we've talked about this a little bit, but anytime with your money blueprint or your relationship with money can. How, whatever messages, projections most of us get as kids, that that's usually what impacts our relationship with money as we're older and adults. And so I think a big part of it is kind of that yo-yo thing. People, you know, they have their credit card, they, you know, use it a lot, end up accruing some debt, pay it off and then do the right, you know, it's that just goes right back up. And so it's changing that relationship, I think, with it. But Yeah. I mean, there's there's like the Dave Ramsey style of budgeting and then Ramit Sethi is the one that I that I like his style a little bit better. But yeah, I find that people fit kind of into one or the other. It's interesting. And you got to do what
0: works for you. Find the system and the tool that's going to work for you. Uh, another tip, use cash for certain budget categories that trip you up. So like if you're constantly overspending on your grocery budget or fund money, cash out those categories and use the envelope system mm-hmm, that we just talked about to hold you accountable, right? It's about holding yourself accountable. Try using online
1: budget tools. And there are like tons of apps out there now that can help you with this. There's one, um, my therapist uses, I for, you know, so sorry, you guys, I forget what it's called, but there are quite a few that do this where you can set it up so that any anything that you use like whether it's your debit card or credit card i think you can link credit cards but i'm not really sure but anyway it'll round up so any purchase that you do it'll automatically round up and then it takes that money and puts it aside for you so it just starts accruing in a savings account ooh um separate yeah mint have you heard of that mint mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i used mint a few years ago yeah
0: And oh, this one I like, be content and quit the comparisons, right? We got to get out of this comparison culture. This article says, you have much more than you realize. Don't compare your situation to anyone else's. It robs you not only of your joy, but also your paycheck. Keep moving forward and do what's right for your family. Then just a couple more here, have goals, right? If it's like, I'm going to pay off my student loans, work on that. And then the last tip from this article is give yourself lots of grace. When it comes to money, we tend to be like super stressed, right? It's like the number one thing that couples fight about finances and that's been forever and ever. So then the article goes on to say how to make a budget. So I'm not going to run through all that now because you guys can click on the article if you're interested on that. That's so funny. I think this is from Ramsey Mm-hmm. Which is why they promote the envelope.
1: That's why when you started, I was like, this sounds a lot like Dave yeah. Ramsey style. Yeah. yeah.
0: huh. Other tips from another article, build a better budget before you do any spending. Step up your savings, right? It's really important. Sometimes you think like, oh, I don't have enough in my paycheck to do savings. But even squirreling away like five or ten dollars a month, start somewhere know your credit score, be on top of that. When it comes to taxes, review your personal withholdings. There are financial people out there that can help. Yeah. So I'll link up the stuff for the taxes too, because we are in the middle of that season and there's some really helpful things. So just for, with a few moments, you could look at some tips and strategies that could benefit you and hopefully increase that return. Hopefully that you'll be getting, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm crossing my fingers this year. We'll see. Yeah, no, I think that's helpful for people. And this time of year can be kind of stressful, but there's lots of resources and ways to do it. Ways to go about the budgeting. So, Yeah,
0: Yeah, you are not alone if this stuff stresses you out and it's not your favorite. You're not alone. I mean, I know a lot of people who this kind of stuff is their jam and they dig it and they're like, ooh, can't wait to file my taxes. I'm not one of those people, so if you're
1: with me, you're not alone. How about you? Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a really good one. I'm trying to think. Um, oh gosh. All right. Do the SCW joke of the day and then I'll, I'll come up with my, okay, you're not but I kind of need your attention yeah. for this. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here for
0: it. Sean T. Wyman joke of the day today because it's a groaner. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? She told me
1: before we press record, like you're going to groan. Why
0: do ducks have tail feathers? Mm, why? To cover their bum quacks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. <sighs> um, <laughs> I got so distracted by the joke. I'm like, what are you not alone about? You are not alone if the full moon this month really threw you off. Oh, here, here, 100%. Yeah, there you go. It was got a little, little cray cray around here. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be around. Anna's usually the one who does the the, the send off. Yeah. We love you. We hope you have a great
0: week. <laughs> Give us a review, five star, nothing less. Share us with your friends. <laughs> Email us if you have ideas or things that you would like us to talk about on our show. Ooh, I sent Alexandra um someone posted on social media this um like breakfast foods for your horoscope. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I didn't get many of them because I'm not those things and I I don't know enough about the other
1: signs. I feel like the cocktail one I found, we'll have to do that. We're going to do a tasting, I think, with a cocktail one.
0: Yes. Cocktails for your horoscope. sign. we're definitely going to do that when I can drink again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're not. We're not. It's all Yes.
0: So that stuff is just fun and silly and we enjoy doing that. So if you have ideas like that or other things that you think would be of interest Or we've had some listeners send in some questions when we do our Ask Elena series. So feel free, send us some questions, send us some topics, send us some love. We love you and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Russian Sisters. For more, go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the SoundOff Media Company. and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers.